Blog Talk Radio. You are good And your love 
hear words for him, then I don't have them. You see, my brain has not yet reached a point where it can form a thought that could adequately describe the greatness of my God. And my lungs have not yet developed the ability to release a breath with enough agility to breathe out the greatness of his love. And my voice, you see, my voice is so inhibited, restrained by human limits, that it's hard to even send the praise up. You see, if there are words for him, then I don't have them. My God, his grace is remarkable. Mercies are innumerable. Strength is impenetrable. He is honorable, accountable, favorable. He's unsearchable yet knowable. Indefinable yet approachable. Indescribable yet personal. He is beyond comprehension, further than imagination. Constant through generations, king of every nation. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. You see, my words are few. And to try and capture the one true God using my vocabulary would never do. But I use words as an expression, an expression of worship to a Savior, a Savior who is both worthy and deserving of my praise. So I use words. My heart extols the Lord, blesses his name forever. He has won my heart, captured my mind, and has bound them both together. He has defeated me in my rebellion, conquered me in my sin. He has welcomed me into his presence, completely invited me in. He has made himself the object of my sight, flooding me with mercies in the morning, drowning me with grace in the night. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. But what I do have is good news. For my God knew that man-made words would never do. For words are just tools that we use to point to the truth. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the word, living proof. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, giving nothingness formation. And by his word he sustains in the power of his name. For he is before all things, and over all things he reigns. Holy is his name. So praise him for his life. The way he persevered in strife. The humble son of God becoming the perfect sacrifice. Praise him for his death. That he willingly stood in our place. That he lovingly endured the grave. That he battled our enemy and on the third day rose in victory. He is everything that was promised. Praise him as a risen king. Lift your voice and sing. For one day he will return for us and we will finally be united with our Savior for eternity. Eternity. So it's not just words that I proclaim, for my word points to the word, and the word has a name, hope has a name, joy has a name, peace has a name, love has a name, and that name is Jesus Christ, praise his name forever.
beginning of the beginning. He's coming. He's alive. He's alive.
Shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Please give me a one if you can hear me. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise God. Jesus is coming. Get ready because Jesus is coming, just like the song says. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Holy Spirit, take charge of our protection. Cover us with your blood, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, 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 my brothers and sisters. I feel like I want to do a spiritual word for praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. Cleanse us, Jesus. Cleanse us, Lord. Cleanse us with your blood from head to toe. Cleanse us, Lord. Cleanse us. Purify our heart. Purify my heart, Jesus. Please forgive us, Lord. We truly repent and come to you, Lord Jesus. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us. Cleanse us. Cleanse us, Lord. Oh, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, protect the Lord's hour. Cover us with the blood of Jesus, my brothers and sisters, anyone who's listening. Minister, 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 minister into their hearts. Holy Spirit, you take control. Holy Spirit, take charge of our protection. Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, forgive us, Lord, forgive us. Cover us with your blood, Jesus, and all of our families. Protect us, Lord. Everything that belongs to us, Lord, hallelujah, protect us. Protect everything, Jesus, that belongs to us, Lord. Oh, God Almighty, powerful God, hallelujah, in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, I find every demon. Every demonic power, I break it by the blood of Jesus. From north, south, east, west, up and down, now in the name of Jesus, go in the name of Jesus, go in the name of Jesus. Every evil spirit, get out of here in the name of Jesus, go. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Oh, may the Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you all. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Fire, 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 the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come down with fire and power into this place. Burn, 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 burn. Fire, 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 fire. Consume all those demons, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I pour the blood of Jesus all over this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Rebuke all these demons in the name of Jesus and send them all in the name of Jesus to hell. I send them all in the name of Jesus to the pit of hell in Jesus' name. Lock them up, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, you're welcome into this place, Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome, Your Majesty Jesus. Yeshua HaMashiach. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God Almighty. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're welcome here, Jesus. You're welcome here, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, and thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, may God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight, my brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. The message tonight, hallelujah, it is titled, Seal for God's House. Praise God. Oh, God, it's awesome. We have a powerful God. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. All the glory and honor to him. Praise God. 
Praise the Lord. He's worthy. Hallelujah. To be praised. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, angels. Every day, hallelujah. Sing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah to the king of kings. They they praise the Lord, hallelujah, day to night. Oh, hallelujah. We should do the same thing, my brothers and sisters. Praise God. Oh, God is good. Oh, God is good. God is an awesome God. Praise the Lord. So um, the Lord was letting me know to bring the book of John. Praise God. So we're going to talk about the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, and the money changers sitting there. Hallelujah. Praise God. John 2, 13, verse 14. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Put the words in my mouth, Lord Jesus. You minister your people tonight, Lord. You touch their heart, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you take control, Holy Spirit. You are in charge, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. May the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, and the Holy Spirit touch your heart tonight. Praise God. Oh, may the Lord Jesus prepare your heart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God, it's awesome. So after a few days in in, in Capernaum, Jesus leaves Galilee and travels south to Jerusalem. Picture this. And he arrives at the temple. I want to paint a picture for you tonight of what Christ found when he got there. I think you will recognize the picture. I think you will find yourself staying with me. Hallelujah. What Christ found at the temple is exactly what I'm dealing with in my life. Praise God. Then I want you to see what Christ did at the temple. And again, hallelujah, I think you will find yourself staying with me. What Christ did there is exactly what I need him to do in me. Praise God. So what Jesus found at the temple, what he found at the temple, the traitors. In the temple he found those, hallelujah, this is a Bible study. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons. And the money changers sitting there in John 2, verse 14. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. So the traders were there to meet a need and to provide a service. When people came to the temple, they will offer an animal as a sacrifice. Hallelujah. So if you travel 50 miles to get to the temple, it will not have been easy to bring an ox or a sheep with you. Hallelujah. If you will be easier by far to buy the animal when you arrive, much easier. So the traders who were selling oxen, sheep, and pigeons were there to sell what the people needed. So the, t- the traders were people who saw an opportunity to make a living by providing a convenient service. Nothing wrong with that, right? So at first, there will only have been a few of these traders. In the early days, they were located on the, uh, on, on the Mount of Olives, on the other side of the Kidron, the Kidron Valley. But as anyone who runs a retail business, those locations matters. Amen? So there, uh, these traders will complete for the best spot for the business. And since the best spots were the ones 
hallelujah, nearest to the temple, over time this, this booth are crept nearer and nearer to the temple. And eventually they ended up inside the temple itself. I, ex- I expect that one of the uh, especially uh, entrepreneurial traders made a special deal to get in there. This was the prime location, and being inside the temple will give him the advantage, the advantage over anyone else. Buy from me. It is the least distance for carrying your sheep. Hallelujah. So once one of the traders got on the inside, the rat will soon be scrambling to get inside as well. Here was an opportunity for additional income for the temple. Praise God. So you know what it is like. Once the camel gets its nose under the tent, it isn't long before you have the whole camel in the tent. Praise God. So by the time Jesus, the entire outer court of the temple had been taken over these traders with their stalls, selling animals, and changing currency. Hallelujah. So the temple. You shall seek the place the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and make his habitation there. There you should go, and there you should bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices. Deuteronomy 12, 5, verse 6. It's of huge significance in the Bible story. Because in Old Testament times, it was the place where people met with God. So now notice it is God who decides the meeting place. It is not for you to choose where you will meet with God. I am the one who will choose where I meet with you. God said, I will put my name there. I will make my home there. There will be a holy place where sinners can meet with God. And God says, you must come to this place. Praise God. Hallelujah. David was the one who discerned that that place was Jerusalem. But it was his son Solomon who actually built the temple. It had been destroyed and rebuilt by the time of Jesus, and the temple area was was divided into various courts, hallelujah, designated for different groups of people. There was a court where only women could go, an area where only priests could go. And at the center of the temple, there was the most holy place where only the high priest could go. And even he could only go there once a year. That is how it was until Christ came. Now think about that. The outer court, which was the first area you will walk through to go in the temple, was called the court of the, of the Gentiles. This, this was the one area where people from any nation could come to worship. And in the time of Jesus, it had been taken over by the traitors. Hallelujah. Imagine you are a Gentile, and you have come to seek God, to pray, and to worship. But when you are right at the temple, you find a place God is packed, all with traitors, 
there's a wall of noise from people, hallelujah, bartering and arguing, and not to mention the noise from the animals, hallelujah, praise God. So the place of honor to seek in the presence of God has been taken over. I wonder if you recognize this picture. What Jesus found in the temple is something many of us know from our own experience. Your life is given to you by God so that you can seek him, find him, have fellowship and communion with him, and find life in him. Praise God. In your heart, you want to find your rest, satisfaction, and joy in God. When you look at your life, you find that it has been taken over. The traitors have moved in, and now your soul is filled with noise and conflict and seemingly endless argument. So you look at this scene and you say, my life has become a place of relentless, comparing demands. It has been increasingly taken over by renew goals and and sales targets. This life that was meant to be lived for God has been taken over. Hallelujah. Shalom, shalom. Praise God. Have you ever felt, hallelujah, have you ever felt that your life has been taken over by the traitors or that doing deals has taken the place of meeting with God? Hello. Or that worship, love, and joy in God are being crowded out of your life and that more and more your life is getting a squeeze out Hallelujah, by the unending demands of chasing after the latest deal of a special offer. When the traders have, hallelujah, set up shop in your life, it isn't easy to get rid of them. Imagine a Gentile going up to the one of the traders in the outer court of the temple. Excuse me, could I have a word with you? The trader says, sure. What do you need? Sheep, oxen, pigeons. No, I just want to say it's meant for people who have come seek after God. And since it is crowded, I would like to ask if you could consider moving out. There's no chance of that happening. Once the traders have moved in, Nobody could get them out. Ordinary people didn't have the power to do it. And the temple authorities who had the authority to do it didn't have the will to do it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But I know I God, hallelujah, who can do it all? Who can clear out the clutter? Who has the power to deal with the tyrants who set up shop? In your soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What Jesus drives out. Making a whip of cords, he dropped it all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who saw the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father house a house of trust. 
praying. Hallelujah. John 2, 15, verse 16. Praise God. Christ comes and brings porch. He drives out the traitors. He will not allow them to take the place that belongs to God alone. Notice that Christ does not destroy the traitors. The traitors have their place. Christ does not challenge. Hallelujah. They are the legitimacy of their business. But he will not allow them to take the place that belongs to God. Hallelujah. So Christ uh, drove out the animals, but he did not release the pigeons. Hallelujah. He told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. John 2, verse 16. The uh, distinction here is obvious. The traders with sheep and oxen will soon catch up with their animals that have been driven out from the temple. But if Christ had released the pigeons, he, if, if he had released the pigeons, there will be no way for the traders to get them back. Christ says, great care not to destroy their, their livelihood. He merely drives, hallelujah, and drives it out from the place where it does not belong. Oh, praise God. Christ overturned the tables of the money changers, but he did not take their money. Praise God Almighty. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There will have been a scramble to pick up the money from the floor, but within an hour or so, hallelujah, the money changers will have had their table set up in the street outside the temple and back to business as usual. So Christ was not saying to them, you cannot be in business. He was saying your business cannot take the place of God. So the people's reaction is striking. It seems clear from this story that the people found joy in what Jesus had done. You can be sure, hallelujah, that if people have wanted traitors in the temple, there will have been a protest. And what Jesus has done, and perhaps even a uh, riot, but we don't see anything like that. Instead, we're told that many believe in his name during this time in John 2, verse 23. Hallelujah. Also, this belief proved to be no more than a temporary interest in Jesus. It at least showed a favorable, a favorable response. The traitors were an intrusion, and nobody had been able to do anything about it until Jesus, along with a, with a feeding of the 5,000, this many have been one of the most popular things Jesus ever did. Praise God. Jesus' ability to drive out all the traitors is, re- is remarkable. Hallelujah. It was not because of his weapons. Making a whip of cords. Think about that. Making a whip of cords on John 2, verse 15. The word cords is literally rush. Rushes will have formed a kind of manning in the temple. Christ will have picked them up, twisted them together, and used them to drive out the animals. And the traders will have been off like a, like, hallelujah, like a shot after them. You 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 have to have 
Hallelujah, you have to have something to drive out animals. But anyone who wants to make a case for Jesus using violence in this story should understand that Jesus was armed with vegetation. Oh, but on, on his way back, he's going to be armed with fire. Praise God. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it was not because he had an army. Christ acted entirely alone. His disciples were present, John 2, verse 17, but they were only observers. They played no active role. It is clear that it was not so much the physical force as the moral power that emptied the courts. Jesus Christ cleansed the table by the sheer force of his personal presence. Hallelujah. Oh, the presence, hallelujah, of the living God. Praise the Lord. We see other claims of Jesus' glory. When, for example, the people from his hometown tried to push him off the cliff, and he walks right past them. Luke 4, 23, verse 30. This is a great example for us, my brothers and sisters. Praise God. And when Malachi says, who can endure the day of his coming? Praise God. For he is like a refiner's fire. Malachi 3, verse 2. Oh, God is awesome. Praise the Lord. When Jesus comes in glory, hallelujah, he will overthrow all his enemies with the breath of his mouth. Think of what Jesus Christ can do if he's present in your life. If he's present in your life, Christ, the Lord of your life, and he will put the traitors in their place. His disciples remembered that it was written, sealed for your house, for your house will consume me. John 2, verse 17. When the disciples saw that Jesus did this, hallelujah, this was the scripture that came to their mind. When Messiah comes, the scripture says, he will be relentless. He will be relentless in his passion to make God's house all that the Father intended to be. In the New Testament, the local church, hallelujah, it's referred to us, the household of God, Ephesians 2, verse 19. Peter says that the believers are being built up into a spiritual house, First Peter 2, verse 5. Paul says to the Corinthians, God's temple is holy. God's temple is holy. God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Praise God. God's temple is holy. Oh, come on now. God's temple is holy. God's temple is holy. Hallelujah. And you are that temple. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 17. One of the marks of becoming like Jesus is to share his passion for God's house and to play your part in making it all that God intended to be. What does God intend to his house to be? A place of prayer for all people. A place of prayer for all people. Hallelujah. A place of prayer for, a prayer for all people. My house shall be called a house of prayer, Isaiah. Isaiah 56, verse 7. Isaiah 56, verse 7. My house shall be called a house of prayer. A 
God wants us to come to him in prayer. Hallelujah. He wants us to seek him. He wants us to find him and draw near to him. The great purpose of God is that all people will come to him. Hallelujah. Oh, I praise you, God Almighty. So God speaks here of a day when that will happen, a day when people from every tribe and nation will worship him. The passion of Jesus in the God's house, hallelujah, will be a place, will be a place where people from all nations will come and seek the living God, the living God. A place where atonement is central. He shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the front of the mercy seat. Hallelujah, Leviticus. 16, verse 14, praise God. At the center of the temple was a room in the shape of a perfect cube called the most holy place. In Solomon's temple, the room housed the Ark of the Covenant. Hallelujah. Every year, the high priest could go in there and sprinkle the blood of a sacrificed animal. Hallelujah. On the lid of the Ark, which was known as the mercy seat. The passion of Jesus, hallelujah, is that God's house will be a place where people get right with God, where people will come back into relationship with him through forgiveness, hallelujah, through repentance, hallelujah, by this atonement, a place where God's presence is known. They're about to cover between the two, hallelujah, curving that are over the ark. Of the testimony, I will meet with you, Exodus 25, verse 22. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord Almighty. Oh, hallelujah. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. If we are like Jesus, sealed for God's house will consume us. Lord, let the passion, hallelujah, the consuming seal, the first love of my life be sealed for your house. Ask yourself with all the things for which I have sealed. It is true of me that I have sealed for God and for his house. If you read about the temple in the days of Solomon, you will see, hallelujah, that God's house was a place of prayer. It was the place, hallelujah, where atonement was made. And it was, a, it was a place where God's presence came down. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. It was a place. It was a place where God's presence came down. It was a place. It was a place where God's presence came down. Hallelujah. Fear for yourself on First Kings 8. But by the time of Jesus, none of these things were happening in the temple. Why? The place of prayer for people from all nations have been leased out of the tra- to out to traitors, and the temple was no longer a place of atonement because when it was destroyed, the ark had been lost. And so there was no mercy seat. Hallelujah. You could no longer make atonement. Hallelujah. All you could do was come to God and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I repent, Lord. Centuries have passed since the cloud of God's presence had come down to the temple. None of our God intended for the temple was happening. 
life was filled with the great passion that it should. Like in God's house, all the God intended to be took more, hallelujah, than driving out the traitors. How long do you think it was before they were back in the temple trading again? I expect, hallelujah, that as soon as, as Christ returns, Oh, hallelujah, I worship you, Father. Oh, I expect, hallelujah, that as soon as Christ returns to Galilee, they will have made their way back. And they may well be away three years later with finds Christ driving them out again in Matthew, verse 21. Oh, praise, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. To make God's house. All that God intended it, intended to be it took more than reforming the temple. Christ came to replace the temple. And that is the great significance of this exchange. The Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, ha, ha. Oh, praise God. Jesus said to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. <laughs> John 2, verse 18, 19, you know what? They didn't know what he was talking about. Oh, this is a mystery right here, my brothers and sister. praise God. Oh, the Jews said, then they said it has taken 46 years to build this temple. And will you raise it up in three days? But he wasn't speaking about the temple of his body. Oh, he wasn't speaking about the temple of his body. Hello. Hello, church. Praise God. When when therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remember that he has said this. And they believe the scripture, hallelujah, and the word that Jesus has spoken on John 2, 20, verse 22. Christ becomes the new temple. He is the meeting place between man and God. You don't have to go travel to some religious site to meet with God. You'll be with God by coming in repentance and faith to Jesus Christ. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to Jesus. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, three ways to respond. Identify the traitors that have taken over the place that belongs to God alone. What is one thing the most threatens to occupy the place that belongs to God? Hallelujah. Number two, ask the Lord tonight to put the traitors in their place. Number three, drive them out into the streets where they belong. Oh, praise God. Ask the Lord to fill you with his seal. Lord, make this life a temple where you reign and rule by the presence and power of your Holy Spirit. Let me live in the peace and joy of knowing that you have made atonement. Hallelujah. To the shedding of your blood, and that there is therefore no condemnation for me. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Renew your commitment to God's house, the body of Christ, the church. 
Lord, fill me. Lord, fill me. Lord, fill me with seal for your house. Fill me up, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord, to play my part in this church, becoming increasingly, hallelujah, a place of prayer, a place of prayer for people of all nations, a place where our coming is central, a place where our coming is central, a place where God's name is honored and God's presence is known. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh. God, I love you, Jesus. All these are questions and overview. Prayer. Ask God to give our church a greater seal, hallelujah, to worship him and all that we do. What is one thing you want to do in the next few months that you have never done before? The Passover of the Jews was ahead, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there and making a whip. Of course, remember, he drove them out. He drove all, all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, hallelujah, seal for your house, for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, what sign again do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, yes, hallelujah, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and would you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. And they believed the scriptures and the word that Jesus had spoken. That's all in John 2, 13, verse 22. How did this weak sermon impact your life? Praise God. What Jesus drives out. Christ cleansed the temple. By the sheer force of his presence, of his presence. Oh, hallelujah. What Christ brings in, what is it? A place of prayer for all people. A place where atonement is central. A place where God's presence is known. Hallelujah. So here are some more questions. Ask the question, what does God intended his house to be? Praise the Lord. What did God intended the temple in Jerusalem to be? A place for what? This is homework, praise God. When you when you think about the Lord's hour, what would you say God intends our church to be? Uh-huh, a prayer. These are questions for you to answer with God alone. Hallelujah. Have you ever felt that worship, love, and joy in God are being crowded out of your life and taken over by traitors? When you are overwhelmed and burned and burdened by the world's demands, how do you go about clearing out all the clutter in your life? 
What is one thing the most, hallelujah, attractive to occupy the place in your life that belongs to God? Think about it. In John 2, verse 17, the disciples remember Psalm 69, verse 9, where it is written, seal for your house has consumed me. How do you go about cultivating a consuming seal for God's house and worship as a Christian? Hallelujah. And the last question, what is one encouragement or conviction that you can take away from John 2, 13, 22 and apply to your life? Praise the Lord. Oh, praise God Almighty. Father God, please make our lives, our lives a temple where Jesus reigns by the presence and power of your Holy Spirit. So often our lives are ruled by anxieties and, and are overcrowded by demands from every direction. When we are overwhelmed, we weakly, hallelujah, we quickly neglect to faithfully worship you as our own, as our one true king. May God have mercy. Praise God, Lord, we repent. Let us live in the peace and joy of knowing that you have made atonement for our sins by shedding our Savior's blood upon the cross. Though he lay he lay dead in the in the ground for three days, we praise you that Christ has risen from the grave. Oh, hallelujah! Praise you, Jesus. We thank you that there is no no condemnation for those that are saved in Jesus' name and repent. Fill us, Lord. Hallelujah. With a seal for your house, help us to play our part in this church so that we might increasingly become a place of prayer for people of all nations. Let our church be a place where the atonement is central, where your name is honored, and where your holy presence is known. All this we pray in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. All honor and glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. My brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. Let me have some water. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God is awesome. God is awesome. And my brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, when you get closer to God, praise God. When you get closer to God and when you start obeying Jesus, praise God Almighty. When you start pleasing Jesus, God Almighty. 
When you start pleasing Father God, praise the Lord. When you start pleasing the Holy Spirit, praise God, things can happen in the spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. This is why when you pray, hallelujah, you make sure that you ask the Holy Spirit to protect you and your family, praise God. And you may ask, hallelujah, Jesus, to cover your entire family, hallelujah, everything that belongs to you with the blood of Jesus. Because the most closer you get, hallelujah, all those demons, they don't want you to get closer, but you got to fight, hallelujah. You you have to continue and be focused on Jesus Christ only, praise God, hallelujah, because when you get close to Jesus, demons flee, because they cannot take the presence, hallelujah, of the living God, hallelujah, praise God. They have to go. They have to go. They have to go in the name of Jesus. And when you start seeing, hallelujah, everything around you going crazy, you know what? You know what it is? It's because, hallelujah, they're hating the fact that you are close to Jesus. They're hating the fact, hallelujah, that you're placing God, hallelujah, almighty. Oh, they're hating the fact, hallelujah, that you are being obedient with God. They're hating the fact, hallelujah, that you're placing God. And the more, hallelujah, the more they come against you. Oh, praise God, hallelujah. The more they come against you, hallelujah, it's because... It's because you're doing well with God, and nothing can happen. Nothing can happen because, hallelujah, when Jesus is with you and the Holy Spirit, oh, nothing can come against you. Praise the Lord. Nothing and no one, no demons or principalities can come and touch you. Praise God. All they can do, they can do all they want to do. They can cry out. They can come to, they, they can try everything possible, you know, to come and harm you. But they cannot touch you, praise God, because you are with God, hallelujah. And when God is with you, who can come against you? If they ever try to come against you, hallelujah, poor, I feel bad for them because they're going to be squished like a cockroach. Praise God, hallelujah. Oh, I praise you, Jesus. Oh, the more they come against you, the more you praise God. Because the more you praise God, praise the Lord, hallelujah, they go, they leave. They cannot handle that. Oh, hallelujah, praise God. I praise the King. I praise the King. I praise God Almighty. I praise God, hallelujah. I praise, hallelujah. Yeshua HaMashiach. Yeshua HaMashiach, praise the Lord. They tremble, hallelujah, before Jesus Christ. They tremble, hallelujah. They cannot even get close to him. His presence is so powerful. His presence, hallelujah, is fire. His presence is powerful. Praise God. Who can come against God? This is why you can't be afraid. Don't be afraid, hallelujah, of demons. You don't be afraid of humans. You don't be afraid of demons because God is with you. God is with you when you're pleasing God. He is with you. When you're obeying God, he is with you. And his protection is over you. Praise God Almighty. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. 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 They cannot even take hallelujah. Praise God. They cannot even take hallelujah because hallelujah belongs to God, Jesus. Hallelujah belongs to Yeshua HaMashiach. Hallelujah to hallelujah. 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 Oh, praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Time is running out. Get safe and come to Jesus.
Time is running out. Time is running out. Time is running out. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Grab his hand and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I repent. Lord, forgive me, Jesus. Oh, take me, Jesus. Write my name in the book of life. You friends that are listening, hallelujah. Don't think that anything of this is a joke. Don't think it's a joke, hallelujah. Remember, remember they were laughing. They were laughing, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. When God told, hallelujah, Noah, to build an ark, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, they were laughing. Oh, when is it going to rain? I don't see any rain coming. He's crazy. He's going cuckoo and including his family. You know what? The same thing is happening now. The door is just about to shut. Hallelujah. And when it shuts down, because you know what? The one who's going to close the door is Jesus. Praise God. And when he closes the door, no one can open the door. Praise the Lord. Don't laugh. Don't run. Get saved. Come to the Lord. Get saved. Hallelujah. There's still time for you. There's still mercy for you. Praise God. Lord, forgive me. Say, Lord, I repent, Jesus. I truly repent. I come to you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And the Lord, you know, the Lord will never reject you. He's not going to kick you. He's going to open his arms right open. Praise God. He's going to say to you, I forgive you, son. I forgive you, daughter. Just come to me and follow me. Praise God. And he's going to guide you. The Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will guide you through his word. Praise the Lord. And he'll get you closer to him. Praise God. Oh, we have an awesome God. We have an awesome God. A merciful God. My brothers and sisters, keep it up with God. Don't give up. Let your focus be Jesus. Praise God. God is coming. Praise the Lord. He's coming soon. He's coming. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is awesome. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you, my brothers and sisters. All honor and glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Shalom, shalom. Praise God. May the Lord, hallelujah, Jesus, bless you and keep you and shine his face upon you. Praise God. Oh, may the Lord be gracious unto you and give you his peace and protection. Have a nice week, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for listening. God bless you. 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 Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. We're almost, hallelujah, at the end line. We're almost there. We're almost there. Praise God. God is coming. He's coming back soon. And remember, be holy for God. Be holy, be holy, be righteousness. Hallelujah. Ask Jesus to cleanse you every day. Repent, repent, repent. Praise the Lord. And keep looking up because the King is coming. He's coming soon. Praise the Lord. Shalom, shalom. May God bless you, my brothers and sisters. May he give you his peace. Praise God. Shalom. Love Talk Radio.
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Some people say they hear me. I hope the rest of the people can also go ahead, okay, and uh, praise you, Lord, and hear me. I apologize. They have outdated uh, the the block talk have outdated the west side, and and it's not clear the way they went. It is really not clear. They have removed the option of doing it through Skype, and it is just so different now. Uh, they they supposedly the sound sound better now, but um, the connection it is not clear. The control room is not clear. It, it is just a mess. Hallelujah! And I apologize for that. Thank you, Lord. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, we'll figure out what they what they have done as we go on. But the control they, they're using now is it looks so cheap and so uh, it just, it's, it's not the same we used to use. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Amen. I want to start this week uh, a Bible study, and I don't want to rush into it because uh, the message in this Bible study, um, it has to do with curses and blessing. And so, uh, uh, biblically, we're going to go into the Word of God. Uh, we are going to see, uh, we're going to learn through the Word or by the Word into what the Lord also has shown us and revealed to, to my life about curses. I know that in the past I have shared a, a teaching about curses and blessing, and it's been a blessing. The teaching has been a blessing because life has been, has been set free by the Lord. Amen. And so I, I, I usually share what the, Lord, uh, what the Lord reveals to me. You know, I... I I do have other people sending me the dreams, and I do apologize because some people want me to bring the dream uh, on the air, but I'm not going to do that tonight. I may do it tomorrow. I have a few dreams uh, sent to me, and I'm going to go ahead and, and read them tomorrow night. It has to do with the rapture. It has to do with judgment. They are they are really powerful words, brothers and sisters. But I feel that from the Lord that, that what I need to share about about the, the curses and blessing is very important too because people are under attack right now and they don't realize how or why. How are they being attacked or why and how to uh, 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 come against this attack of the enemy in their life and their family and their relationship spiritually, in so many ways, financial, uh, mentally, oh, man. Uh, it's just, just be people being attacked, and they don't even know how to come against these attacks. And this is in all way how Satan had done this for thousands of years. And, and the, word, the Word teaches us, but a lot of people cannot see it in the Word. So we're going to go into the Word, and we are going to share this, because after this teaching, after these three three days teaching, I call it, 
Uh, some people will know how to come against this attack, and, and they'll have victory over it from the Lord. You, we are more than victorious in Jesus Christ. All right? And praise your Lord. The Lord will always reveal us. There's nothing hidden that will not be brought to light. It's in the Word of God. And so the Lord is going to bring it to light to, to, to help us understand, to teach us, to help us overcome, because we are more than overcomer. Brothers and sisters, and also the word teaches us that my people perish for lack of knowledge. Amen. And so, and if we're going to start in Ephesians, and we, we need to understand something here in Ephesians six, uh, uh, twelve. Ephesians six twelve says, "For we wrestle not against flesh or blood." Okay, we have a comma there. We're going to slow down. We 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 wrestle not against flesh or blood. Amen. Uh, it, we're not wrestling against human, okay? Uh, uh, most of the time we're not. We wrestle not, okay? And even when we sin, and I want to explain this, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against human, okay? But a lot of times it seems like we do. But it's still not human. They can be, be used by Satan, by demons, brothers and sisters. And, and if you don't have the sermon, you won't realize that. You will not understand that. And so that's why God is explaining to us here in his word that our wrestling, are, and, and I, look, I even looked up the word wrestling, wrestle, okay? And, and the word wrestle is to take, in part, take part in a fight. We've we seen WrestleMania, uh, which is the, the WWF wrestling. You see how they wrestle? Well, that gives you an idea. But those are human against human. The Bible tells us that that's not what's going on in the body of Christ. That's not what's going on to, to humanity. The real wrestle that humanity is having is against demons. Watch this. Watch what Ephesians says. The real, the, real, the real wrestle that we're having, who is against? For we wrestle not against flesh or blood, but against principality. Principality. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, join this together with revelation and dreams and revelation of the Lord and visions of the Lord. In, in, in one occasion, the Lord took me to the heavenly places. It's a planet. Okay? Uh, it's, a, it's a planet. It's in the air. Principality of the air. Yes, they're in the air. They fly back and forth in the air. I see this principality. I also met the head of this principality, the leaders. Uh, we know that the leaders of darkness is Satan. We also know that, according to the word of God, yes. But they, he has also right hand, left hand. He has demon, he commands. He got principality who he has in charge of thousands and millions and billions who he commands. And so the one that is in charge of the principality is called Balak. Balak, okay, King Balak. He is evil, he is bad. I met him. I twice, and it was very important for the Lord to meet um, this principality, this principality alone. As I also see all the other thousands upon thousands of other that are under him, okay? And he, in the heavenly places, he owns a castle, a castle, very large castle. It looks like a large mansion, but divided in, in, with several uh, walkways, the hallway, and huge place, brothers and sisters. Amen. So, uh, this principality, I saw this in the heavenly places when Jesus took me. They were being sent to the earth 
to attack the church, to attack Christians. I heard when the order was being given to them, they said, go to the earth and attack the bride, attack the Christian, come against them. Shalom there, Brother Miguel. And so, the Lord wanted me to hear, the Lord wanted me to see, so I can come and explain this, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Because there is so much behind. You think there's evil in the government. There's much evil behind them. Okay? So we rest on our, again, flesh or blood. Amen? And again, we looked up the word wrestle. Take part in a fight. As, either as a sport or in, or in earnest. Uh, in um, one's opponent trying to throw one or force them to the ground. So in end of wrestling, the purpose is for you to knock down or bring down your enemy or hold, or hold your enemy against the floor, okay? That's the purpose of the wrestling. Why would the deep principality want to hold you against the floor? Hold you uh, or they use very different matter to hold someone against the floor, either putting uh, uh, the hand against the neck or the shoulder, the different different way to bring someone down. But in the spiritual realm, they also use different methods to bring people down, bring Christians down, especially if a Christian don't pray. If a Christian don't have a prayer life, a constant prayer life where the person is repenting of their sin, Okay, becoming under the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, the person can be brought down by demon easy. We're easy. Okay, and it's not that the Lord is not protecting, protecting us or watching over us. I don't want you to misunderstand this Bible study that we're going to begin tonight. The Lord is always for us. Okay, He's for us. Amen. And he will fight for us. But if you're not a, 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 if you don't have a prayer life, a constant seeking the Lord, repenting, okay, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So understand what is going on in the spiritual realm, which a lot of Christians ignore or have very little knowledge of it. And that's not good. That's not good. Because that's why we have the Bible and we have to study the, the Bible. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And we see that, uh, the, the, um, the word principality there. With a next, with a, uh, there are many, many, just as I saw, against powers. Okay? Now, when the Bible gives us against powers, uh, I seen this from heaven. One time I was a lot of looked down to earth, and I seen these powers. Some people can call them forces, but they are powers, the Bible says, that moves on the earth. They have no form, they have no face, they are just powers. That, that travels around the earth doing evil, dark power, brothers and sisters. I seen this, and I was like, wow. But in the last day, these power, their power have increased. Okay? Some way, somehow, as humanity continues to sin, as humanity continues to do evil, because the one thing that people say, uh, people say good and evil. Or good and bad, I'm sorry. But it should be good and evil. The Bible tells us that we will know good and evil. Okay? People say that. It's evil. Bad word? No. Evil word. 
it all comes from the spiritual realm first into our physical realm, and it manifests itself through people's mouth, to people's actions, to people's behavior, to people's disobedience, wicked acts, homosexuality, the killing of those innocent babies, abortion. All these behaviors that are being manifested, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, all these behaviors that are manifesting in these last days come from the spiritual realm first. And they're being manifest because they are finding open door. Open door. Sin. Sins are open door. The action, the evil action of human beings. Open door. And so they use that. Praise you, God. Because to Adam was given the power to take care of the garden. Okay? To protect the garden. Adam has the responsibility to take care of the garden. You have the responsibility before God to take care of your own life. Okay? To take care of your own life. Thank you, Lord. And so you need to understand that you are responsible for your action. That's why I tell people, if we are explaining something that the Lord has given for me to give to you, and you're distracting me with something else, it is not good. Because I'm bringing you a word, and it's going to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord. And so I tell you, we are responsible. And God the Father holds us responsible for our action. And when we go ahead voluntarily, go ahead and commit sin, do our evil action, there will be punishment for that. There will be punishment for that. So the more we learn to obey God, to keep His commandment, the best we are with God, brothers and sisters. Because we're seeking obedience. We're seeking to obey Him. We're seeking to keep His commandment. And, but if we are breaking them, and we're saying, well, I don't know this, or I didn't know this, everyone having His word in their, in their home, in their house, that they can put on their hand and read. So it's not, a, it's not an excuse. If you say to the judge, I didn't know this law that I, that you accused that I'm being accused of being uh, breaking. The the judge will say to you, ignorant is not an excuse. The judge will just say that, and that's why people are surprised in court when they are being told that because everyone have the opportunity to learn. Everyone have the opportunity to learn, and so God's word is free in a lot of places. People can send you a Bible for free. There are ministries that are sending Bible for free, brothers and sisters. And so being, God holds humanity responsible. God holds us responsible for our action, brothers and sisters. Amen. So we're going to dig into the Word the three days, back and forward. Amen. Explaining the Word carefully without running. Amen. Because we want to get the message that God has given us clear that will be a great blessing to our life. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. I'm also babysitting, so I may have to play some music and, and, and deal with my son. My wife is not here. Praise you, Lord. So, uh, brothers and sisters, thank you, Lord. I'm going to have to take a break now and be back. Amen.
you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Help me to finish this Bible study, Lord. Help me to begin it and continue with it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So we are in Ephesians 6, 12. And again, so for we wrestle not against principality. I want to make sure I'm being heard uh, fine on the air. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. So if you can hear me, just give me a one. Praise you, Lord, before I continue. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, sister. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principality, uh, against powers, against the ruler of the darkness. Those are also rulers of the darkness, brothers and sisters. Uh, the Bible, what God is doing, brothers and sisters, giving us details of what is going on, okay, in the throne of Satan, around the throne of Satan. You hear that Satan is not even, even mentioned there. You can say, well, yeah, Satan, but it's not even, even mentioned the name of Satan there, Satan or Apollyon. It's not even, even Apollyon is a demon, Satan is a demon. And then comes all these that are still doing all the evil against the bride, against the world, not just the world, the, the bride, but everyone else. Uh, people being attacked one way or another. Amen. Against the powers, against the rule of darkness of this world. Now, the ruler of darkness of this world, that has to do with government. Okay, because it's being a specific, it's, it's telling you and I, the rulers, you know, the ruler starts from president down. Amen, by president, house speakers, all those secretary of state, rulers, they have to do with them. Their job is specifically have to do with them. Amen. Again, the ruler of darkness of this world. Against a spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. High places can be applied spiritual high places and literal, uh, literally high places. Places down here, places of government. Amen. Specifically. Uh, and, and if I go into details, where are they in, in, in the branch of government, a government? You will be stunned. I mean, I shared some things a couple of years ago that had people shaking. It was it was too strong, you know. And I should have asked the Lord before I went and shared those things because it was revelation the Lord was giving me, and I just thought I could just come out with it, not really thinking how strong it was the information. And I haven't, uh, uh, I haven't uh, spoken about this anymore because there's a lot of immaturity in the church, but there's a lack of knowledge. So a lot of lot, lots of lack of knowledge in the, in the, from a lot of people. So I'm being careful. I'm I'm got to check with the Lord how much I can share. You know, I basically I just usually stay with the basic on the air. The deeper stuff I share with people that are more mature, 
that were able to handle the information. But there's so much, so much stuff the Lord has revealed to me in regard to the government and what is being run by the devil. That if you knew, you'll be stunned. A lot of people will be like, "What? He's running that. He's doing that." And it is so evil, you won't believe how much it is. But it's all happening, and it's in the word of God. The rulers of darkness of this world, this world, not the world to come, or the past world, this world. Paul says, this world, the Bible says. So understand what is going on in the spiritual realm, brothers and sisters. It is affecting everything. That's why we need to be under the blood. That's why, brothers and sisters, that's why God is telling us to put on the armor, okay? That's why, that's why, because if you don't know what is happening, if you, have no, if you don't have the understanding of what is going on in the spiritual realm, you're always going to be attacked, and you're not going to understand why or how, what am I doing wrong? A lot of people are beating up themselves, Amen. Now, when we talk about putting the armor, other people don't even know how. How do you put on the armor, they say? And I have to, it's, that alone has to be explained because a lot of people don't, uh, they read Ephesians, we go back there, Ephesians, <clears throat> thank you, Lord. 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be standing against the, 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 the wiles of the devil. What armor? Bible tells you what armor. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know. And so we're going to live the armor, by the word, later on, by the last day. Okay? We're going to live the armor because you need to understand first what is going on. A doctor, to handle your problem, you, you're complaining that you have a pain in your stomach to your doctor. Okay, he needs to he needs to take X-ray. He needs to do a lot of things before he can handle what's going on with you. And so, a lot of people are are dealing with things they don't know, they don't understand, and so they don't know what they're doing. They just they think they're doing. Oh, I'm putting on the armor, but they don't know that they are, the armor. God gives you specific armor for a specific attack. They don't know that. They don't know that. And so the enemy go around their lack of knowledge and attack them. And so that's why it has to be explained by the word, step by step, so you can put on the armor, but you need to know how, what armor, what the Bible says about the armor. Let's study it deeper. Let it, let's get a, a clear understanding of what the armor is. Because a lot of people don't know what the armor is. They hear armor. What armor? What, arm, what armor he's referring to? They don't know. So that's why we're going to go into the Word, and we're going to point to the armor. Okay? Point to the armor. Praise to God that you have it every day. And you won't believe how protected you'll be against the evil wiles of the enemy. Or any attack of the enemy, you're protected. Because a lot of people say, well, I put on the armor this morning. How come I got attacked? And they're going through all these attacks. And they don't know how to handle that. And the Bible teaches you how to handle that.
but then you don't know the armor or you don't know how to put them on. So we're going to go into all of that. Amen. We'll leave it for the last day. But first, let's understand, brothers and sisters, how are they attacking us? Okay? Because these 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 uh, prince, these demons, go back to the word here. Hallelujah. These rulers of darkness of this world come against against your your credit, your financial situation. Isn't it funny that when you have when you have little money, it's when the government wants more from you. The people that have a lot of money don't have problem with the government. It's the people that have little money that have problem with the government. He says he's in all government branches attacking Christian and people overall through so many different ways that they don't know how to they don't know how to uh, have the army against those attacks. The Bible teaches us how, but they don't know how. Amen. And so the enemy uses those branches of government like the RRS, okay, to attack people that way, but because they don't know they don't know how to protect themselves from that, which the Lord teaches us, and the Lord can protect us from that. The RS keeps coming against them. You want, you want to, I'll give you one simple step. When the RS comes against you, send the Lord against them, and watch what happens. But it's not about the armor today. We will talk about it more in detail. And you're going to see what happens when they come against you and you send the Lord against them or you put the army against them. You see what happens. They'll stop immediately. They'll even apologize to you. Praise the Lord. And then you understand that it's happening in the physical, but because you pray in the spiritual, now they're apologizing to you. Now you understand that it's first in the spiritual that it happens before it becomes in the spiritual. Before they can come against you in the physical, the order comes from the spiritual. But if you don't know that, they keep coming against you and you keep seeing it as a physical problem, but you haven't, you haven't done anything about it. Thank you, Lord. And we're going to take all this and you're going to see, you're going to have victory over all these things. And you're going to say like, wow, I didn't even know. I mean, when the Lord helped me with this stuff, I was shocked. I had the I had the RS after me for years, and I was paying them. I mean, I was in payment plan. I was paying everything I owed them. And at one time, after I paid them, they still came against me. And I said, "What is going on with these people? I'm I'm, I'm in a payment plan. I'm paying faithfully. There, and they're still coming against me." But it was the devil sending them against me. And when the Lord let me know, and I went to the Lord about this, and he taught me, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, it stopped. Immediately it stopped. You see, because the devil will come against you. But when you don't know it's the devil, you think it's man, you think you're wrestling against flesh and blood. Huh, you understand now? Are you understanding what Ephesians 6 12 says? You wrestle not against flesh and blood. I kept blaming men. I kept blaming men. Thank you, Lord. I kept blaming men. And I did not understand until the Lord 
help me understand, because he always had to help us, brothers and sisters, he always has, that it was, it was not man, it was the devil himself coming through me, coming against me. And when the Lord helped me understand that, huh, the Lord put a stop to that. Amen. And until you don't, a lot of people don't, they still arguing with people. They're still fighting with people. They're still calling them and insulting them on the phone. Calling them all kinds of things. They're still wrestling with flesh and blood. But you are not. You see, you are not. You are not wrestling against flesh and blood. You think you are because you're talking to people. That's the way I used to think until the Lord opened my eyes. Until the Lord opened my eyes, then that's when I understood. I said, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Praise God. Let's go to number 22 now. Let's go to number 22. Book of number, chapter 22. Praise the Lord. We have something going on here that is going to help us understand this Bible study. Some things are going to be deeper than deep, but it's going to help you understand even more. And it will be such a blessing, I know it will be, because it's been to my own life. Amen. Number 22, one says, The children of Israel went forward and pitched camp in the plain of Moab, on the side of the Jordan and, and by Jericho. And Balak, the, same, the, the son of Sippar. Balak, the son of Sippar. You see that we read sometimes. But we don't, we don't really study. We don't really study. The Bible is telling us here uh, who was Balak and where did he come from. Well, Balak, uh, Balak as, you, as we read, listen careful now. Balak the son of Tippor saw all that Israel had, had done unto the Amorai. Okay? Now, the son of Sippor. Who was Sippor? Who was this man, if we can call it a man, Sippor? Well, I went to, to study the history of Sippor because Sippor was the, 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 the son, the son of, of Balak. I'm sorry, the father of Balak. Balak was a king. Okay? He was a king of Moab. And so... Uh, Balak was a son of Sippor. Now, I looked up who Sippor was. He, I, this is the information about, about, I found about Sippor. Uh, 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 it tells you that Balak was the former king, a Moab, yes. And then Sippor, in the, in the, in the, in the dictionary, gives, the dictionary gives you three meanings who Sippor was. Uh, Sippor comes from a little bird. We know that men are not, a are not born a bird. We know that. I want you to pay close attention to what God is teaching us because it is incredible. I was shocked, like, oh, wow. The Lord is incredible. Okay, we know that men are not born from bird. We're clear, we're clear about that. Amen. Men are not born from, from, from bird. Uh, another word uh, referring to support, the meaning of his name, swallow. Swallow. Okay, uh, that word can only be, can be related to hell, the swallow people. That word swallow is only related to hell. See, bird, it's, 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 it's to the air, a bird of the air, something that fly, principality of the air. Okay, 
swallow hell related to hell. Now the other the other meaning of, of the name of Hippo, the father of Dalek, that I also found that I was like, oh wow, that's incredible. It is incredible. It is incredible, incredible the things you learn when you study the Word of God. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Desser. The other word for support is Desser. It's what I found out that the name of support means. So this Balak says, was the son of hell, came from hell. Tells you he came from hell. He came from the Desser. Okay, like a bird. Okay, men are not born are not born from birds. So this Balak, the word of God is telling us he was the son of the devil. He was like the son. He was like someone we know in a White House in Pennsylvania, sixteen hundred. That's where he came from, from the devil. Balak came from the devil. Okay, but somehow this Balak was in the flesh. At this time, he was in a body of human body. Okay, let me keep reading now. Thank you, Lord. And Moab was so afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the other of the million, Now shall this company uh, lick up all the around about us and us lick it off the grass of the field. And Balak the son. The son Afipor, I, 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 again, I would say the son of the devil, because that's the understanding I got from the name Afipor. He was the son of the devil, Barack Obama. <laughs> okay, he was the son of the, the son of the devil, the son of Afipor, who was king of the of the Moabite at that time, and sent a message there before unto Balin, the son of Beor and Apedor. Now, why is God wants us to know who was who and whose father was whose father? Because Beor and Peor were serving up God. So, Balin came from the son of God, but Balak came from the devil himself. It's what God is saying to us. You need to want to know who you, whose father whose father is your father. And if you say your father is God, you must act as the son of God. You are a blessing or a blesser. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to quote him, saying, Behold, there is come a people out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Now, only a demon will say this, okay? Only a demon will refer to Israel or God or the devil can say this, okay? Because they know, they can see the spiritual realm and they can see the effect Israel has in this earth. The presence of Israel on earth has an effect. Rabbi knows this. Rabbi can talk about it for hours. The presence of Israel, the presence of Jacob has an effect on the earth. This is why the Middle East is shaking by the presence of the Jewish people. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. 
the Middle East is being shaken right now by the presence of Israel. Because Israel, hallelujah, Jacob is the son of God. It's the son of God. Jacob is the son of God. He calls him my son. He said through the prophet Isaiah, Jacob. Okay. And the son of God has power, has presence of God in the life. And so the earth, that's why he called Jesus, called Jerusalem my city. Because his presence is there and is causing an upright in the Middle East. The presence of Israel, brothers and sisters. It's causing an upright. And you're, I'm going to show you this as we go along, as we read number 23 and number 24. You're going to see prophetic. You're going to see the future and the past. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Verse 6. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me these people, for they are too mighty for me. Look at the complaint of the devil against Israel. Look, look at the complaint. Look at the complaint. In another word, look at the complaint of Satan against the bride of Christ. Because you need to understand it's happening in the spiritual realm. Look at the complaint of the devil against you. You are too mighty for him. You are too mighty for him. Because you got the Ruach HaKadosh of God. You got the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. You are too mighty for him. Are you listening? Can you receive the word? Thank you, Lord. You are too mighty for him. And that is a problem for the devil. You are a problem to the devil. Praise the Lord. Come now before I pray thee, curse me these people, for they are too mighty for me. Here, here was Satan is saying, you are too mighty for him. So he's looking for a loophole into your life. He's looking for a way to attack you. That's what the devil is trying to do to your life. Because you are too mighty for him. Thank you, Lord. That's why the Bible teaches that greater is he that is in us than him that is in the world. You are too mighty for him. That's what the word is teaching you. You are too mighty for the devil. But in order for the devil to attack you, he has to find a way. Or he has to find someone. Are you listening? He has to find someone. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Perhaps I should prevail. Perhaps. Perhaps. Or maybe is another word we use for perhaps. I should prevail that we may smite them, that I may drive them out of the land. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Why is the devil coming against the Jewish people today? Hello, someone. That he may drive them out of the land. You see the plan of the devil from the beginning? Do you see the plan of the devil? Read it. It's in the Word of God. The Word of God teaches you the plan of the devil against your own life, against the Jewish people, against the church. The devil wants to move you from where God told you to stay or where God has sent you to. He wants to move you from where God wants you to be. Because if the devil can move you, if you can move, if you move from where God wants you to be because the devil is coming against you, you may get yourself in disobedience. Uh, 
you may get yourself in disobedience, and that's what the devil wants for you to get yourself in disobedience. Because in disobedience, my brother, my sister, there's no guarantee. Ah, ah. The Bible says the hand of God comes over the disobedience of the man or the, or the bride of God come over the disobedience. Praise the Lord. So you be careful with your walk. You be very careful. Praise the Lord. For I know that he whom thou blessest is blessed. And he whom thou cursest is cursed. That is why the word of God teaches us not to curse, but to bless. Okay? A lot of Christians don't know this. A lot of Christians don't know this. But this is why the word of God teaches us to bless and not to curse. Okay? Because your word that comes out of your mouth, okay, they are life and death. Can you receive that? Well, they have to look it up and show you. You need to look it up. The word that comes out of your mouth is life and death. And so if you speak ne negative things, negative things will happen, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Ne negative things will happen. If you speak them, that's why you cannot speak. Hallelujah. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it to eat the fruit thereof. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and they, they, huh, they that love it to eat the fruit thereof. Oh, my Lord. It is through love. You got to walk in love. Walk in love. But be careful with what you say. Because life, dead and life are in the power of the tongue. A lot of people don't realize that. You keep speaking negative for man. You keep cursing people. You keep coming against people with your words. You don't understand the harm you're doing to them. You are hurting people with your words. And you're hurting them even more than what you think. You need to be careful what you say. Just because God gives you the opportunity to say something doesn't mean you're going to take the advantage to say whatever you feel like it. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Tell the Lord to speak to you, through you. That's what I say to the Lord. Lord, you speak through me. You need to have the Lord speak through you. Because I tell you this, I said to the Lord, hold my tongue, Lord, so I will not sin against you like David used to pray. I'm telling you, we let loose this tongue, and we're going to get ourselves in so much trouble that we we are, will not be willing to handle it. Brothers and sisters, we need to be careful what we say. We need to be very careful. We need to be very careful, brothers and sisters, because life and death is in the power of the tongue. Thank you, Lord. It is a flaming fire. Amen, says James. Praise you, Lord. There's more, to say. There's more to say about it. Amen. But see, I don't want to focus on one part of the message, because if I do, I can spend hours into that. And then, praise you, Lord, but there's more to say about it. Yes, there is. Praise you, God. Verse 7. And the elders are Moab, and the elders are Midian, departed with the reward of divination in their hand. Hmm. And they came unto Balaam and spoke unto him the word of Balak. Now, what did they come with in their hand? 
the reward of divination. You know that when this divination, that uh, I, I add the word uh, divination devil, they came with the word of the devil. The word of the the word of the devil they came with in their hand. A lot of people don't know that when they go to those people uh, uh, that they're seeking to, to reveal them these 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 um, divination. Uh, here's here's the meaning of divination: the practice of seeking knowledge of the future of the unknown by supernatural means. It tells you by demons. The meaning of divination is seeking knowledge from demons. <laughs> Even the word confirmed that he was a demon. They came with the knowledge of divination in their hand. They came from the knowledge of demon in their hand. Okay? And that's how they're going to come against you, the bride of Christ. You be careful. When people go to psychic and they receive a word about you, <laughs> you rebuke that in Jesus' name. Don't receive that word. Don't hear the word. An email. Don't read the email. A voicemail. Don't hear the voicemail. Reject that in Jesus' name. It's like garbage from the pit of hell. And it's going to do harm to your life if you receive that. Don't receive that garbage. You're not a garbage dumb. Don't receive that. Don't receive it. Verse 8. And he said unto them, Look here this night. And I will bring you uh, you, you work back as the Lord shall speak unto me. And the princes of Moab stay revealing. Listen, listen careful. When you know someone is not of God, and God already warned you, you, you don't need to, to share with that person anything. You don't need to spend time with that person at all. You can't just reject being with that person, I mean, I have someone come over to my life, and the person started giving me these messages, and I went to the Lord. This happened to me last month. I went to the Lord about it, and the Lord Jesus said to me, I did not send that person to your life, and I did, I did not speak to her, neither. Huh. When he said that to me, brothers and sisters, I acted right away. I immediately they want to hear what she had to say. Anything else, you don't have to. Once the Lord speaks to you that he did not send a message to you or that person to you, you don't have to hear it. You can rebuke it in Jesus' name, and that's it. That's it. I am telling you, the Lord spoke to me, the Father spoke to me, okay, and I immediately knew. It was not of God when the Lord says, I did not send a person to you. That's not the devil. I said, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's why not everyone that say, I have a word for you, is of God. You need to check with the Lord. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Check with the Holy Spirit. Check with the Lord, I am telling you. This is why we need to walk in relationship, brothers and sisters. This is why. Because if you don't walk in relationship, you're not going to know when it's the Lord or the devil talking to you. You need to have the sermon. The sermon, you need to grow in your sermon. A lot of people don't even know that. And it's in the Word of God, too. I have shared this before. Okay? Paul, Paul says to the churches how, how they exceedingly have grown. 
how they say they have grown. A lot of people don't know they need to grow. You need to grow on your gifts. God gives you a gift. You need to grow on it. It's in the Word of God. It's in the Word of God. I have shared this before, brothers and sisters. You need to grow on your gifts. Thank you, Lord. You may have the gift of the sermon. You probably you've been praying, fasting for it. But if you haven't, if you have, if you you have had no discernment, you or you believe you have no discernment, go into fasting and prayer and ask the Lord for the gift of the sermon. The Lord may let you know through a dream or a vision. You can ask the Lord. See, this is the good thing about the Lord. You can ask Him for a dream or a vision. He'll give it to you. But learn to wait on the Lord. It's not going to happen tomorrow at 5 o'clock. So don't plan it this way. Because a lot of people say, it has to happen by tomorrow by 5 o'clock. Nonsense. Nonsense. The Lord don't work in your timing. You are, you are in the timing of God when you go to God. You learn to wait on God on the Lord. The Bible teaches you in Proverbs to wait patiently on the Lord. All over the Bible, Psalms, to wait patiently on the Lord. David said he waited patiently on the Lord. We need to learn to patiently wait on the Lord, brothers and sisters. So don't time God. Don't time God, because a lot of people do that, and that's nonsense. That's nonsense. I have someone that's the past few days comes to me this way, and I immediately knew that it was nonsense. I, tell, I said to her, pray, 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 pray. Thank you, Lord. You know that if you pray, if you pray, and you say, Lord, give Brother Elvie a word for me, and you pray to the Lord, and you, and you patiently wait on the Lord, okay, I tell you, the Lord can give me that word for you. And it's beautiful because I may not know what it is. And when the Lord does speak to me and I give you the word, it's such a blessing because I didn't know. I don't know what you're asking the Lord, but when he does, it happens to us. Here, some people had asked the Lord, and, and the Lord had given me the word. I had given it to them. But that's when you patiently wait on the Lord. The Lord does that. I have told people, hey, the Lord is telling me to give you this word. And I have given them the word. But see, you don't come to me. You go to the Lord. You see, people don't do it the other way around. Uh-uh. You go to the Lord. You go to the Lord. The Lord knows. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. So, divination of the devil. Verse 9. And God came unto Valen and said, What men are these with thee? Huh. You see, that God knows everything. God knows everything. Brothers and sisters, God knows everything that is happening. But you see how he comes to Valen and said, What men are these with thee? In other words, why are you with these evil men? It's what God is saying. Why, Valen? My, why are you my servant? I mean, it's like you go into the psyche. Why are you with them? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Why are you talking to the psychic? Why are you among these people? Or why have you made them your friends? Because some people have do that. Oh, we got to love everyone. Huh? 
There are some people the Lord don't want in your life. And you need to know who. The Lord will tell you that. Thank you, Lord. So the Lord says to him, Why? What men are these with thee? He, he is specifically referring to these men that had asked him before in the, in the chapter before to stay there with him. Okay? Well, in other words, these are evil men. That's what God is saying in his, in his question. He's giving Balin the answer. These are evil men, Balin. Why are you with them? Why? Some people say, some Christians say, no, it's okay for me to be with the, you know, with these people because, you know, they don't contaminate me. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Huh. The only reason why Jesus was among the poor, the prostitute, and then was to share the gospel. But when the time came for him to separate himself from God, he left. He even left a disciple behind. And some people say, that wasn't nice. It, it, he was submitted to the Father. He was being led by the Holy Spirit. So he knew, he knew once what he had, he needed to move, he left. He didn't need to explain to number and move. I got to go, you know, guys, I see you tomorrow, you know, at the same time. Or get up early so we can pray and do some prayer together. No, no Jesus left. He just left. He didn't even say goodbye. Some people say, what kind of education is this? I mean, what kind of behavior is this? He didn't even say goodbye. No, he just, he, he went, whoop, went to the multitude. Uh, everyone was caught up in whatever was going on, and Jesus just left them there. Because once he finished doing the word of the Father among them, brothers and sisters, for that day, he left. He left. He was submitted to the Father. Oh, no, but some people some people want to give them an explanation. Well, let me explain to them that, you know, you, you got to use, you got to be understanding. Hallelujah. You got involved with evil people, they're going to contaminate you. Okay? That's what they're going to do. Jesus was among them to do the will of the Father. Okay? Whether the, the Pharisees criticize him, well, that's what their own evil mind they did. But Jesus was among them to do the word of the Father amongst the prostitutes, to, to, to bring the kingdom of God among them. Once he came and he healed he, and, and saved and, and delivered, once he did all that and people were rejoicing all that, he immediately left them. And we, we read that his disciples were also left behind several occasions. He just left them. He just left them. But they knew, they understood that he, he needed time with the Father, and he was going to pray. Hallelujah. Okay, so please understand you are led by the Holy Spirit of God. Don't let people get, it, get you into argument about it. People want to argue, time is too Tell them time is too short, you don't have time for that. That's what I say. Well, I don't have time for this. Time is too short. The, the trumpet is going to sound soon. I don't have time for this. Thank you, Lord. Verse 10. And Balak said unto God, Balak, the son of the poor, the son of the desert, the son of the devil, the king of Moab, has said unto me, saying, You're going to see how angry the Lord gets about Balin, his servant. And he'll get the same way with you. 
if you don't get the message, if you don't understand when he's leading you, or you or you want to be a people pleaser, you're, you're going to get the Lord angry at you. I'm going to teach you how of when you're going to get the Lord angry at your life. Because a lot of people get the Lord angry at them, and they don't even know how to deal with that. I'm going to teach you here how you're going to get the Lord angry at you. Very easy. You want to be a people pleaser? Such a nice guy, nicer than God, nicer than the Lord. You are going to get the Lord angry at you. I'm going to teach you. This is, this is very important. That's why I tell you, if I get caught up with other things, the, the message, man, okay? Because veiling got the Lord angry at him. He got, and you you say, Papa, you're going to say in this story, but the Lord is contradicting himself. What are he saying to Balin, go? And then he gets angry at Balin because he's go. Because the Lord is letting you know you have to be led by his spirit. You need to listen to him first. Okay? You need to listen to the Lord. If you listen to just man, you're going to get the Lord angry at you. At you. And you're not going to understand how to, how to go about it. But you're going to have to repent. Repent and separate yourself. That's why when the Bible talks about holiness, the first meaning of holiness, look it up in the dictionary. It's separation. Separation. I had a pastor say this to me years ago. Pastor John was in heaven. It's separating yourself from sin. Separating yourself from the things that don't please God is what he means. Be thou holy because I am holy. And you may say, yeah, Lord, you're holy because you're in heaven. You're in the glory. How, how do you want me be down here in this darkness to be holy? What the Lord is saying to you, my son, my daughter, separate yourself from the things that don't please me. That's what God is saying to you. God knows how evil this place is, how dark this place is. But he's asking you to separate yourself from him. And you need to learn and practice this. A lot of people don't know. I mean, I was, I'm speaking with Christians this week that don't know how to separate themselves. They think that they are called to be amongst everyone. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You need to be separated for the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Verse 11. Behold, there came a people come out of Egypt who cover the face of the earth. Come now, Christian, for me. Perhaps I will be able to overcome them and drive them out. The first thing the devil wants to do when he comes to kill, steal, and destroy you is move you from where God wants you to be. The first thing, you're going to notice that. You may be a, a, a sister listening to me or a brother. You may want your wife, may, your wife may come and say, honey, let's go. Your husband may come and say, honey, let's go. When you know God wants you there, if your husband is not right with God or your wife is not right with God, don't say, oh, no, he just don't like to pray. Huh. Don't make up excuses for your husband or your wife. Be honest. Be honest. Some people like to make up excuses for him. Don't do that. Okay? If your husband don't like to pray, he's not right with God. If your wife don't like to pray, she's not right with God. Don't say, oh, no, she, she, you know, she loves God, but she just don't like to pray. 
Was she making your life a living hell? Huh? Come on, be honest. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Just say she's not right with God. That's why the Bible tells you, you better be cold than lukewarm. Better be hot than lukewarm. He prefers that you be cold than lukewarm, but he wants you to be hot. In another word, that's the heat of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's the oneness of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's the fire of the Holy Spirit in your life. He wants you to have the Holy Spirit burning anything in your life that is not of God. That's what God wants for the Holy Spirit every single day to be burning all impurity, all sin, anything that is not of God of your life daily. He wants you to be in that fire. Huh. That fire talks about testing, trial. God goes through the fire. Your life, man, needs to be in the fire. My life needs to be in the fire. That's what the Lord is saying. I want you in the fire. I want you every day in the fire. Because when you get out of that fire, huh, you're not mine anymore is what the Lord is saying. You can say you are, but you're not. And the problem is when we get out of the fire, we, we begin to justify ourselves. We say, oh, I'm not praying like I used to. Excuse me? Come on, be honest. Say, I'm not praying at all. I'm not praying. At, I had a brother say to me, Brother Elvie, you know what happens to me? I began to pray less every day. And so just got up to him, went to work without any prayer. And found myself doing all these sinful things of the world that I knew wasn't pleasing to God. And to God have to really shake me to the core of my being for me to re realize that I was, I was lost. I'm not kidding you, Brother Elvie. I was lost, is what he says. I was lost. I was not lukewarm. I was lost. That word lukewarm is lost, Brother Elvie. I was lost, he says. I knew that if that trumpet sound, I'll stay. I'm honest. I'll stay. That's what God wants sincerity, brothers and sisters. Not making up excuses for it. No. If we're not there, we're not there. Thank you, Lord. God will help us. We, we get on our knees, we'll cry out to the Lord, brothers and sisters, and the Lord will help us. The Lord will bring us back to, back to him. In that moment, the, the blood of Jesus cleanses us, bring us into relationship, and then huh, stay there. That's how the Word of God tells us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep our eyes on him, the altar of our faith. Stay with him. Keep your eyes on him. Because you take your eyes from him, you lost. You lost. You're walking in a way, in the moment, there are many ways connected with that way where you can see that you can get off any time. In the moment you get off, in the moment you get off, okay, you're lost. And that's what happens to a lot of people. Hallelujah. So if your husband, you know, is away from the Lord, pray earnestly because the prayer of the righteous avail much. When you repent before the Lord, because we are both are one, say, Lord, please forgive the sin of my husband too. That's why Paul says that through the wife, the man can be cleansed, or through the, or through the man, the wife can be cleansed. That's when you repent, you can ask the Lord to also forgive his sin, because you're one. You can claim that. That oneness in the Lord, you can claim that's in the Word of God. The Word of God is alive, and the Lord can cleanse that other person. 
It's amazing how that person sees. Some people struggle a lot, but really struggle. But the Lord is merciful. And through your, uh, I was telling someone yesterday on the phone, uh, pray, telling me about this son she has that is struggling so much. I said, pray and pray for him. Don't stop. Because the Lord would have mercy and always will reach out to him. Hallelujah. Always. The Lord will reach out to him and have mercy on him. The one thing Jesus showed me is that he's going to bring people to the valleys, which is better than hell. A lot of people don't understand better than hell because of the prayer of other people interceding for them. Amen. And you can go and see that person. But the Lord, you can ask the Lord, may I go see? The Lord may say yes or not. Because I saw people from angel and people from heaven coming. Actually, what I saw was redeemed, which were people that came out of heaven to see the people in the valley and preach to them. And I thought, wow, that is so awesome. You can be one of them. Amen. If you have a loved one, a husband, a wife, the Lord can bring them to the valleys. They will have to seek the Lord and find the Lord one way or another, and the Lord will help them. That's what the Lord has shown me. And I tell you, it is a blessing. Psalm 23, though I go to the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Amen. It's, a, it's like a shadow of death in those valleys. It's hard. It's difficult. But the Lord can help them find a way. Jesus can do anything. Hallelujah. The other, I will not say the other darkness because the other darkness, hell is in outer darkness. So that's why I will not use the word outer darkness referring to the valleys. Amen. Uh, verse 11 of uh, uh, number 22. Verse 2, I'm sorry. And God said unto Balaam, Thou should not go with them. Thou should not curse the people, for they are blessed. Thank you, Lord. You see, brothers and sisters, why you need the Lord to fire your bottle. Okay, no, no purgatory, no. Okay, why do you need the Lord to fire your bottles? And you need to learn to go to the Lord to fire your bottle. And say, Lord, you said in your word, vengeance is mine. You need to claim that. You need to learn how to claim that. Vengeance is mine. You need to learn to say that in prayer every day. Brothers and sisters. Because here's Israel. They are, are camping, camping, trusting in the Lord. In order to send this evil demon, Balak, is looking to destroy them, to bring them down. Destroy them is the word he used, destroy. Who came to kill and destroy? The devil. He came to steal John 10.10. 10. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. The thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. That thief is Satan from the beginning. He stole Adam and his garden. I mean, he stole their blessing in the garden. That the dominion. So God said unto Balaam, Thou should not go with them, thou should not curse the people, for they are blessed. Now, look what God says first. Don't go with them. You hear some Christian, no, you know, I need to go with them because I need to be an example. God said, Don't go with them. Are you better than God? Do you have more knowledge than God? Can you teach God? Can you? Can you teach God? No, you can't. That's why you need to be led by the Spirit. God said, don't go with them. Don't. Don't go with them. Why did God say don't go with them? Because God knows what's best for you. That's why. God is leading you. God is protecting you. 
God is with you. So God wants to give, one, God wants you to avoid a headache, that problem in your life. That's why God is telling you, don't go with them. Someone comes to get you to go do whatever, and, you, and, and, and the Spirit of God speaks to you and says no, or not you and say no. What do you do? You obey. No, I can't go. But why? I can't explain to you. I can't go. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise to God. You do what God wants you to do. Let him lead you. Let the Holy Spirit of God lead you. Let him lead you. Let him lead you. Don't let any man lead you but the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible even says that we don't need no one to teach us because the anointing will teach us everything. Oh, I thank you, Lord. God is speaking to someone tonight. I can feel the Lord speaking to someone tonight. You got the Holy Spirit in your life. Got him. Let him lead you. Don't sit there and argue with him. Don't sit there and argue with the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Because he wants to lead you to all true. To all true. He's not going to leave you to pain or headache. He's not going to lead you to lose everything. On the contrary, he will lead you to blessing. Blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. God said, don't go with them. Verse 13. And they that rose in the morning and said unto the princess of Valak, princess of Valak, as exactly what Jesus showed me in the heavenly places, the princess of Valak. I mean, this word is so true. This word is so real. What a blessing the word of God is. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. What a blessing his word is. Thank you, Lord. Get you into your land, for the Lord refused to give me leave to go with you. And don't be afraid the Lord is telling me not to go with you. Okay? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask the Lord to lead you. So Balak at this moment understood he should not go with the Lord. But you're going to be tested. Understand, you're going to be tested. God is going to test you. But you need to understand the testing. Verse 14, And the princes of Moab rose up, and they went unto Balak and said, Balak refused to come with us. You see, when you just overcame the devil in this part of your life, the devil did not went home and went back to sleep. <laughs> he don't sleep. That's why our God don't sleep, so they will imitate God. He don't sleep neither. He came to Bal- they came to Balak, and they said, Balin, don't want to come with us. And, and, they, and, and Bal- they said, Balin refused to come with us. The message was clear at this moment. The message from God was clear at this moment. But watch the devil, when he comes against your life one way, he's not going to stop there. You can even rebuke him there and send him down to hell. He goes down to hell in pain. But he's not going to stop coming against your life. Okay? Jesus fasted for 40 days. He was tempted, to the, for the, he was tempted by the devil. At the end of the 40 days, 
And the, after Jesus overcame the devil, the devil left. But he didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. That's why Jesus teaches us how to overcome the enemy. Who's going to come against you today, tomorrow, and the day after. And so he's locked up in hell, definitely. Verse 15. And Balak said, yet again, princes, more and more honorable than they. He sends more demons, more honorable, with more ability than the first, seeking a way to bring this man of God down. He's going to send other demons that will attack you in other ways in your life that they probably, they, brought, they probably brought you down years ago. But now you have gotten stronger and all that. And the devil say, you guys brought them down, brought her down, brought him down five years ago. Go ahead and bring them down again. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. But this is what the armor this is this is what the armor of God will protect you. This is what the Lord can keep you protected through his armor. But you know how to use your armor. Because here comes a demon against your life to bring your you down, your family down, your relationship with your family down, your finance down. Oh, you you're really putting a resistance. And your finance, the devil is not even is not able to bring your finance down. You're still strong in your finance. And the devil immediately wants to try to get to your children, your teenager. Huh. Oh, she prays for that finance a lot. So I cannot bring her down there. But her sons, her daughter, they're not too close for God. I can bring her down to there. I can bring him down to there. You need to cover them with prayer. Cover them with the blood of Jesus. Put on them the armor of God, the hedge of protection. We need to look. That's why we need to dedicate one day to the armor. Because when we understand the armor, how to put on the armor of God, brother and sister, then, then, you understand that you can put it on yourself and on your children, your family. And when the devil comes against your life, once you have prayed for them, put on the armor, he can. He's blocked. I've seen this in the spiritual realm. Them trying to hit the armor because they cannot get through it. That's why I'm going to share one day on the armor so you understand. You can put it on your house. Other people don't even know this. You can put a hatchet protection on the home. The demon cannot get to the home. Just alone get to the home with a hedge of protection. They don't even know this. We've got to share all these things in one day, brothers and sisters. But we first got to, got to learn how the devil is going to try to come against your life different ways. But you need to be prepared. You need to be strong in those ways. And the Lord will protect you. The Lord will protect you once you are praying. Are you listening? Once you are praying... Not just, this is why you don't just pray for yourself. You got to take all your family individually and pray for them. Learn to pray for your family individually. Don't say, say, Lord, I just pray for all my family and I cover them with your blood. No. The Lord told me no. You see? You see, brothers, the Lord says no. 
Individually, my son. Individually. This is very important. This is very important because something happens when you do this individually, which is not the same. I didn't know this. I learned this. So I want to share these things with you. I want to continue tomorrow and explain even more so then we can learn about the armor, brothers and sisters. But I need to finish with this before because it's too much information. Still, we are yet in, in verse 15. Amen. And, and then we move on tomorrow from verse 15. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. And, man, what a blessing. Well, here's the latest prophecy. Brothers and sisters, I continue tomorrow with this. Thank you, Lord. I just want to come on here and do, do two dreams that I've had because um, I know it's been a while since I've been up here and I know that I only come up here when I have a dream that's really, really important to share. Um, I have had a dream a week ago about I was, I was outside and when I looked up in the sky, it was nighttime. I saw, first I saw all my family and some people that my family have known for years outside and uh, some other people were outside as well and we were all looking up to the sky and in the sky there was this bright shining light coming down from the sky it was like illuminated light just coming out of the sky and it was it looked like a star but it was just this bright ball of light just coming down from the sky and it got closer and closer and closer and the closer that it got people started like I saw my own family falling to the ground and bowing down, like worshiping this this being that was coming out of the sky. And I I remember at first I was getting happy. I'm like, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. And um, then all of a sudden, the closer I got, I was like, that ain't Jesus. I was like, that's not Jesus. I know that's not Jesus. I started feeling something in me that was not right. And the people that were bowing down, like, they were all looking at me like, how are you not bowing down? You, you've been telling us about him coming all this time and you're not bowing down. You're not, you're not, and I'm like, that's, that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. And the closer it came down, it looked at me and it got angry at me because first it was happy when it saw all the people bowing down. It got really happy and then it noticed I was not bowing down to it. And it came closer to me and it got right up to my face about here. And it was like, trying to attack me at my face and I kept saying you are not Jesus you're not Jesus I repeated it like four times to him three times I you're not Jesus and it got madder and madder every time I got closer like when I kept saying that and then finally it, I woke up I didn't I didn't uh, have any more of that dream but that was it I just remember it getting really really mad and I woke up um we all know that there's going to be a false messiah, and people will worship it. And others that are, like it says in the Bible, even uh, possibly even the elect, if possible. And uh, so I know that that's what that dream was, that we are getting ready for this false messiah to show itself. Um, again, I had, that was last week, and today I had a dream this morning, and it was about, uh, I was... I was in New York City. I remember being in New York City. I was on the Empire State Building on the pointy thing that is up on the Empire State Building, and I was climbing down it. And I got down, and I started seeing all these military people. They were all, uh, what is it? It's, uh, they were all just looked like they, they were 
uh, what is the word? I'm having a brain dud right now. They're bowing down to this person. They were they were just praising this person, basically. Um, I can't think of the word. I'm sure somebody's yelling at the screen. It's this. It's this. Um, but anyways, all these military people were really intrigued by this this person, and they were all in their stance, like how it was in Hitler's day, where everybody was praising Hitler, and that's how it was in where I was in my dream. And I saw I was like going through the crowds of all these people. It's like I didn't affect them when I was crawling through them, like like getting by them to get closer to see what they were all like uh, worshiping. And so finally I get to this big giant uh, stone chair. It was huge, huge giant chair. I literally felt tiny compared to this giant chair. And it was just made of stone, like this rock. And I saw under the chair, there was some reason I looked under the chair, and when I did, I saw something to do with the Pope and Obama. And then after I looked down under the chair and I looked back up, all of a sudden I saw this giant man, and it was Obama. And uh, I woke up after I saw that. People were literally worshiping him. I, I woke up after I saw it. The first thing I felt in my spirit was that he has now stepped to a higher position, like a higher power. That's why the Lord was showing me him being so big. That's what I got in my spirit. So I really feel like he's about to step up into some higher position, something. Uh, that's, that's what I had a dream of this morning. Um, so those have been my dreams of recently. So, yeah. So I hope everybody is blessed and everybody is having a wonderful and beautiful day in the Lord. And Lord willing, I will be up here some other time, hopefully soon, with another dream video, if the Lord permits it. I love you all very much, and I hope everybody stays blessed. Bye. Are you serious? Are you serious, folks? It is 820 here in uh California, we've just had a major, mega, mega, mega earthquake. 7.5 has just hit the Solomon Islands uh, about 29 minutes ago. Let me just tell you what's happening. Uh, the government agencies are reporting a 7.5 earthquake has hit the Solomon Islands. There is an estimated time of poten potential tsunamis. Uh, and here's where the tsunami waves are going to hit if they hit. Within the next six hours, actual arrival times could differ a little bit, but a tsunami uh, is possible, very possible, and the warnings are out. Santa Cruz Island, uh, it will hit you in, I'm looking for the time. At 0301 UTC. Is that right, honey? There uh, Solomon Islands, of course. Vanuatu. Uh, all over the San all over the Solomon Islands, there's a high potential opportunity for a tsunami. And Vanuatu Islands and Papua New Guinea. And also Marshall Islands. Um, 
Fiji Islands. So all of them, Australia, down down quite a ways from now, probably about five hours now, uh, Brisbane, Australia, and um, New Zealand. All of you need to take uh, take precautions and to check your weather um, agencies within your countries, Indonesia, but really the Solomon Islands area and Vanuatu and uh, Papua New Guinea are really, really, you're right in this thing. 7.5 mega, mega earthquake has just hit uh, in the Solomon Islands. Now, we'll try to continue to focus on this as, as well as the raging wildfire that has burnt nearly 4,000 acres and 20 cars, five homes, and it's not, it's out of control. Hundreds of people, if not thousands of people, are stranded on the 15 inter, interstate, uh, 15th freeway, they call it, in San Bernardino, California. It is a complete mess there. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that. I've done two videos on that already, and we're still not over. And we will now keep an eye on the tsunami situations uh, that could be coming from this major, massive earthquake. Apocalyptic events taking place. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.